Welcome to the Waffle Shop Podcast with me, Taylor James. This is the podcast that gets people waffling about their mental health, coping mechanisms, life's minor inconveniences, and the music that soundtracks it all. So join me as I open up shop and have a waffle. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Welcome to the Waffle Shop Podcast with me, Taylor James. The podcast all about getting people waffling about their mental health, coping mechanisms, and the music that have soundtracked their journey. So join me as we open up shop and have a waffle. Welcome to another episode of the Waffle Shop Podcast. Today I'm joined by an incredible self-help expert, Dr. Pam Spur. Welcome to the Waffle Shop. Oh, hello, Taylor. Thank you for having me. <laughs> it's honestly an absolute pleasure. Like you are uh, probably my favorite TV doctor. Oh, that's I'm so kind say of it. you to say. There's a lot and of I'm competition. A, yeah, and I'm a big Doctor Who fan. So that is, <laughs> that is a big, big compliment. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but no, it is an absolute pleasure. I mean, I've, you know, through this weird world that we're living in at the minute and through Instagram and social media, I actually, you know, stumbled across your across your page and your radio station, your radio station, your radio show, and instantly connected with it. Oh, and thank you. there's been quite a lot that I've actually taken away from like your episodes with your guests and even just like the little, it's kind of like the one-liners 
of self-help that have yeah. really kind of struck a chord with me. So thank you for taking your time to join me. Like it is, it really is appreciated. Well, and I appreciate you having me. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Well, as always, like on the show, I like to kind of understand people's journeys. Like is, you know, but where did your journey begin with all the self-help? Like let's, let's rewind a little bit. Like how did you get into it? Well, I think I was first interested in, in self-help and psychology, you know, in my youth, you know, as a teenager. And I'll never forget, I had one teacher at school when I was 15. She had been in a terrible motorcycle accident oh. and was profoundly disabled by it. But she still came back to school. Sorry, it makes me quite emotional. Oh, no, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> she came back to school and just threw herself back into teaching us. Oh. Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to. <laughs> I didn't think I was going to react like that. Um, what a woman. What but when I think about her, she was amazing. And she came back uh, my last year at school after, you know, her re rehabilitation, her physical rehabilitation. Yeah. And she was just the most positive person. And she was living her new life with gusto. Yeah. <laughs> and I just felt, wow, I'm really, this is really important to me to see someone who's just had such a change and as a teenage girl it was like wow she was like my yeah. idol and so that really kind of kicked off I, I, I started taking psychology I was also doing art my two big passions were art and psychology and I ended up kind of going more the psychology route until yeah. I got back into my art just in the last year and a half um, but no, she was like my first real inspiration in terms of someone who really helped themselves. Yeah. And it made me think we all have a capacity to help ourselves. And, you know, that that just helped kickstart my journey into always thinking, you know, what can I do? I've got a challenge or whatever. And, and yeah. what can I do to make this work? What can I learn from it? I actually find that really inspiring because we're in a situation um, with my mom. She is now in a neurological care home following an operation gone wrong. Oh, and through her strength and determination, like, you know, we've yeah. been in situations where they've said, you know, we're turning the life support machine off. That's it. There's nothing more we can do. Oh my God. And it, to be fair, it, it, she's the reason why the waffle shop actually started. Wow. Um, and just hearing... I'm, I was raised by women, so any strong women of that life, I've, I'm literally, I'm such a fan of. And stuff like, hearing stories like that just give, yeah. like, me so much hope and that. And just seeing my mom very similar to, like, your teacher is, their life has completely changed, but they're still, they've still got that fight. They're still like, yes, yeah. but I'm going to continue to, you know, I'm continue to live. Yes. So I really appreciate you sharing that because yeah, that, that gives <laughs> I me. Bet I'm the first like, guest to ever start crying on your show. I know. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Like literally, it was like five. It wasn't even like five minutes into it. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just you know when you go back in time sometimes to really important parts of yeah. your life and just go, oh my god, the power of the emotion, you know. No, I love that. It's and it, it <laughs> is, and I think I'm actually quite. I'm not happy that you just cried. That's not what I'm trying to say. But like, <laughs> I'm quite privileged that you shared that. Yeah. So, and I witnessed like the emotion behind it. So, no, thank you. So, with 
the well-being side of things like you know we're in this very weird world at the minute where you know we've kind of been forced to slow down with the whole pandemic how important is well-being at the moment from your professional opinion well that's a really interesting question because i've watched in the last year the needs and um and and changes in well-being happen in real time so when we first went into lockdown nearly a year ago yeah people were very anxious about oh my gosh suddenly i can't do all this stuff you know what am i going to do and there was like a real panic and i had so many contacts to my website about yeah. how do I deal with these changes? Then there was this sort of a, a few months into it where people had learned so much. And I had people saying to me, wow, you know, I'm actually getting on with my partner better. We've, we've been forced to stay together in lockdown. Oh, wow. And, you know, actually we're discovering, rediscovering our relationship. And then there was kind of the you know, the summer months where everybody thought we're free again. Yeah. <laughs> and then we went back and, you know, things quickly, people were feeling back to normal. And then of course the next lockdown hit, you know, things got worse in October, then November. And this final lockdown, people have really struggled with. Yeah. I thought I'd had a lot of contacts last March, April, but now I've been getting so many contacts with people just feeling they're at their limit for what they can yeah. cope with. And that their well-being has been really damaged by this final lockdown or what we like to see as a final lockdown. And that their relationships, again, are kind of struggling. Um, and it's, it's very hard when people are in this situation not to think, oh, my gosh, it's always going to be like this. It's very hard for people to get into a day-by-day -day mode, which is the best yeah. way to get through it. Where today, what am I going to do that's going to be good for my well-being? What do I have to do that's going to, you know, that I have to do for my family or my work? And I'm not going to look ahead. I've got another four weeks, another eight weeks, another 12 weeks. So I'm always encouraging people to get into the day-by-day -day mindset. The kind of 12-step mindset. When you're doing a 12-step program, say someone who's struggled with drugs or alcohol, yeah. gambling, sex addiction, and they learn that kind of day-by-day -day discipline which is so important to recovery. And Taylor, I've always felt that everyone should go through a 12-step program. Yeah. So that we all learn this better way of living for our well-being. I think it's incredible advice. And I don't know, <laughs> we seem to be having this conversation at the right time, especially from like a personal point of view. Yeah. Because when i'm i'm sick of the lockdown obviously as pretty much i'm sick of every it. yeah as, as as the world is but when the announcement came obviously we're opening up and this that and the other all of a sudden all these things that i was previously looking forward to became a worry i yeah. on my anxiety was really badly hit with it because it was just like well what what is normality now like what is the world going to look like and it's not and I think it's quite comforting in a way, but like you can't even ask people what is the world going to be like, because we're all in this same, you know, bizarre situation. But going on from what you said about like that, that 12 step pros and taking it by, like by day by day, it is the best way to, I call it like chunking. So I chunk out my day now with like little <laughs> goals and like, you know, between 12 and one, this is where I have like, I'll chunk in my lunch. And then, you know, like I'll give myself, cause it just, 
it gets it, the day flies by, but then that kind of anxiety and that worry slowly but surely kind of unwinds itself because I'm yeah. not focusing on like three months time when are we going to be allowed to go to a pub garden? Are we going to be allowed to go to a festival? It's, it's out of my control, but what I can control is what I have for breakfast, you know, how I'm going to fill the hours of like nine and 12. And yeah. I, th- it's, I think it's brilliant advice. And I think a lot of people that I know that listen to this show that I've been speaking to recently since the announcement are going to find a lot of value in that. So thank you again for that. <laughs> it's, it's kind of, you're welcome, but it's, it's kind of a discipline, isn't it? You have to learn yeah. to just not future think so much, but more present think even what's happening now today that we can do but you've really struck on something that I've just been discussing with a coaching client this very week they suddenly got in a panic all the people they want to see all the things they want to do how am I going to do it all at once and I said no slow down (laughs) when we're when we're all out of lockdown you don't have to see every friend in the same first week you don't have to go to every family (laughs) yeah Yeah, put them in a queue they're all going to have to line up take your time a new anxiety of people thinking oh my god it's going to be mind-blowing i'm not going to be able to cope so again you just have to slow down when we come to that point Every single friend of yours is not going to be expected to be seen that very first day when we locked down. Every family member around the country is not going to expect a visit that very first yeah. week that we come out of lockdown. It's, it's all about managing that and telling yourself it's okay when that time comes that I can do it in a slower pace. Yeah. I'm not going to burst out like it's New Year's Eve and it's not going to happen <laughs> at once, you know. Where are you? Where is everyone? <laughs> but I think it's a real new new anxiety that you've hit on and by, by what you were saying a few minutes ago. And another aspect of that is almost a sense of a new type of agoraphobia or acrophobia, as some people yeah. say. Uh, it depends on your pronunciation almost where people are now a little bit scared of leaving the cocoon they've built you know I've moaned about it for a year now it's going out of it (laughs) nope not going out there (laughs) (laughs) exactly so again with that kind of sense of that is going to be a bit frightening to get back to normal again it's about you're going to take it one step at a time yeah with all these things all the things of life it's one step at a time rather than charging a hundred percent full-on into your old life because it's going to be your new life and you can make it what you want and it can be a bit slower paced you know i think that is the biggest lesson that we should have learned by now with this whole lockdown situation is you know going slow slow and steady wins the race you know yeah they've been saying it for years (laughs) um there's one thing that I did want to touch upon and you know it's something that again from a personal point of view like I do struggle with and I know a lot of other people are struggling with this at the minute but it is imposter syndrome and I know you've had many a conversation about this so apologies if we're kind of going (laughs) over old ground a little bit but I just wanted to get that little bit of advice you know from someone as incredible as yourself on oh, thank you how... <laughs> that makes me feel like an imposter <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, <you> sorry <laughs> not the best way to start this conversation <laughs> um but from someone who coaches 
you know as many people as you do in this kind of area like what kind of you know bits of advice could you offer who someone who is struggling with imposter syndrome well, I think to begin with, we need to kind of uh, talk about what it is. And if you think of human experience where we all have occasional doubts, like, you know, uh, your, your boss compliments you at work, you kind of think, oh, oh, did I really deserve that compliment? Yeah. You know, kind of thing. <laughs> Those are very normal human doubts in, in any area of life. We can often doubt whether we were worthy of praise, you know, or, or someone getting very excited about something we've done or whatever. That's normal. Everybody has that. Set yeah. Research shows something like 70% of people have those kind of doubts, you know. That's quite and a high, just, high percentage, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. But most of us at some point, you know, just feel, wow, yeah, did I really, am I worthy of that? <laughs> it's all about feeling worthy. And imposter syndrome is when someone really feels like that in every aspect of their life. So they're constantly trying to, prove to themselves that actually they are good enough for whatever it yeah. is so the person who gets a promotion and really doubts themselves and they think why did i get that promotion i look around and i think oh my my other workmates should have got it why did i get it i shouldn't have got it i feel like an imposter and when you feel like that chronically it often reflects a, a, a sort of perfectionist trait yeah. where you feel you have to do everything perfectly else you're not worthy of praise and if you think well I actually prepared that talk in only 10 minutes and everybody's praising it for me well but that can't be I only spent like yeah. 10 minutes on it well hang on the reality <laughs> is people liked what you prepared in 10 minutes yeah. you know they liked it and you have to learn to like go with the success and think actually, that's okay. It's okay for me to accept that other people validated me. But, but Taylor, where this all springs from is you have to be able to validate yourself. Yeah. And if you're not validating yourself, you're much more likely to feel an imposter when other people validate you. So it's all about learning for people who are struggling with imposter syndrome to, to tell yourself, I am okay. I am good at what I do. It's okay for me to feel that way. Yeah. I don't always have to doubt myself. I need to learn to run with it more. And one thing I say to people is look at the facts of the situation rather than your feelings. Yeah. So let's take someone I was coaching recently who got a promotion at work and they felt an imposter. And I said to him, let's look at the facts. You work for a corporation who, who are all working from home, I might say, Yeah. where they would not just promote someone who wasn't worthy of it. That is a fact. Okay. Then we looked at the next fact. Fact. You have a lot of colleagues, yes, who are all good at their job. Yes. You've been there eight years. Fact. You know, it is your time. You. This is your next promotion. That's a fact. And we start just picking apart the situation. And because obviously it's confidential, I don't want to say any more that might yeah. accidentally give yeah. away the sort of corporation <laughs> or whatever. But we, I had him challenge his feelings of being an imposter with the facts. And I wanted him to reframe on those facts that this is a truth, a reality for his corporation, even if his reality inside says he's not worthy. So it's all about learning that sometimes your own reality that you aren't worthy is actually 
not the actual reality. reality. And you have to look at the reality of the world around you and what the feedback is to you rather than your own reality that for whatever reason, something in your personality, some experience that made you doubt yourself and then it, it continued, you have to look at that reality and go, you know, this is actually irrational. It's not the real world. The real world tells me I deserve this. I'm doing well, whatever it is, you know. I kind of got lost in what you were saying then because I literally was hanging on every single word. Like, <laughs> okay. I'm literally going <laughs> to listen to this back. You have to do a reality <laughs> and, check. Yeah, and write it down because it, it, it is difficult. And I think, you know, especially, you know, like yourself, like you're a creative person, you know, I can see your artwork in the background and, you know, <laughs> nice. and when you are that creative and you're putting something, so much passion into something that is then, you know, going out to, you know, a lot of people, Yeah, there's that element of fear but then when you've got these kind of self-doubts of like, oh, was that good enough? Was that like, yeah. it is, it's brutal. But then, you know, I know it's not all about like likes and, you know, yeah. gratification kind of like on, um, like on social media. social media. But if you're seeing people like it and people are coming and saying like, oh, I love this. This is great. Like, well done. I'm actually going to start taking those comments and actually really letting them sink in. Because whether yes. it took 10 minutes, whether it took me two, three hours, yeah. that is something that someone has appreciated, like yeah. what I've done. And exactly. I kind of always look at this like from a chef's point of view. Obviously, it always, it always seems to come back to food with me. <laughs> but if you're a chef and you've, you know, you've spent a lot of time like creating this dish and then yeah. you've, you know, you've given it to someone else and then they've eaten it all that is like a big compliment it's so a validation said like, yeah. yeah and it's that kind of stuff that I really struggle with because I, I put a ridiculous amount of pressure like on myself that doesn't need to be there yeah so it was something that I was working on anyway but hearing it kind of like from yourself yeah. is something that I, I really need to try applying and you know for anyone who is listening to this and I know there's people who do listen to this who struggle with those kind of feelings as well. Yeah. yeah. Listen to Dr. Pam. <laughs> you heard it. And start to learn to validate yourself. Again, it's a day-by-day process because the people who struggle most with imposter syndrome are often the highest achievers, whatever it is, you know, wh- whatever they're doing. You know, it can be, you know, as you say, a chef or it could be, I don't know, a, a corporate boss, whatever. Yeah. Those who often struggle with imposter syndrome are off, often they've got this double thing. They're high achievers, but they're also very sensitive people. And they find it very hard (laughs) to believe in themselves. And often, as I say, it goes back to sometimes childhood. If perhaps you're raised in a family where there's a lot of competition, siblings who are doing this, that, you know, you maybe feel somehow lost in all that. And even if parents don't realize it and they all love all their children equally, Sometimes one sibling, a brother or sister stands out, is the louder one or whatever. They get a lot of the attention because they're making noise. And so often when we look back, when I look back with clients at what their childhood was like, so often innocently parents haven't realized that that child is feeling that way. Um, That they're feeling like 
I, I was never as good as my siblings or I was I could never live up to uh, my parents were high achievers or whatever. And and sometimes, as I say, it's about having one traumatic incident where someone disses you totally, maybe social media, you got trolled, whatever it is, where you kind of then you suddenly are doubting yourself when you didn't before. Yeah. So wherever this springs from, ultimately, the resolution is within yourself that you have to check your reality. You have to start self-validating. You have to start feeling better about yourself. You know, so you feel less like an imposter when something goes well and something's good and a success and pe or people like it, whatever it is, you know. I'm, I probably should have reached out to you about a year ago because I, was... <laughs> oh, I wish you had. <laughs> this is brilliant. It was, our, it was Charlie King who turned me on to your podcast. I don't know if you've oh, had, wow. you had Charlie on. No. Oh, because he's, oh, wow. he's a great, really good friend of mine. And he was the one who said, oh, you need to check out Waffle Shop. <gasps> Wow, if you can put in a word, <laughs> get him to drop in the DMs, always up for having a waffle. But to be fair, you, you mentioned a few times there about like, like reality, and it leads me into something that I wanted to talk to you about, um, but that is the whole kind of like reality TV. Like I first, you know, saw your, like your face and became like known of you from your work on like Big Brother and, you know, oh, yeah. regularly being a guest and stuff like that. Those were I, the days. Yeah, oh, so I much love fun. that TV program. I, yeah. you know, what, I always said like if I was ever in a chance to do a reality TV show, it would be Big, Big Brother. Brother. Just yeah. from like a, I was always a fan, and I had Craig on recently who won the first ever um, Big Brother, and yes. he was telling me about like you know Craig from the builder. A, yes, yeah, <laughs> Mr. DIY. <laughs> and he was he was telling me about like the you know the the like the psychological effects, and obviously he was in there with with nasty nick and he yeah. he compared his experience to like a funeral like the yeah. mood in the house like went from one level to like it and it just yeah. dropped yeah with your experience of like watching these tv programs like do you think like are they healthy are you know like because they must take some kind of toll well it's a really good question. I, I mean, I was never the behind the scenes psychologist. They never mixed the behind the scenes psychologist with the on screen experts. Yeah. So, you know, I had to take that they had done proper screening. And it was only in the series from about when there was a lot of bullying from a particular woman. I don't really want to yeah. name names, but no, she no, was no, a, a big, big bully. And I, Big Brother really started to change me then. Because I saw the producers want to grab that and make it even worse. So that yeah. was like the, the series when they started playing back private conversations in the diary room, uh. which they never used to do. And I had real issues with that. And I remember t talking to production staff about this because I used to do a weekly slot on it. Um, yeah. And just saying, you know, I, I just, why are they going this way? Because they're really messing with people's heads, you know. And it was just kind of like, well, you know, so far they're doing so well. They're all in touch with the psychologist behind the scenes that, you know, they should all be okay, you know. And one level it reassured me. And another level, the last, the last series I kind of ducked out of because yeah. I just felt it got too extreme. And I had so much going on in my own work life. So this would have been about three years ago 
that I kind of just said, no, I, I just can't watch yeah. it, be involved. Um, and, and, and a lot of that was about worries about how far down that rabbit hole they'd gone with stirring things up. Yeah. When you didn't really need to stir things up, people stir things up on their own anyway. You oh, know, put a group nightmare. Yeah, exactly. Here and we're we're an absolute nightmare together. (laughs) (laughs) But 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 you know, a group of people in an intense environment. I've been in the Big Brother house. I know how intense it is. I not as a not as a contestant, (laughs) but when we when when we did a couple of shows live from the Big Brother house, and it's smaller than it looks. You know, you think they have a lot of space, and it's not that spacious. So. I don't know. I think it came to a natural end. I wish they kind of bring it back in its more pure form where they didn't do so much messing around yeah. from the production side. They just said the housemates mess around. It just comes like a free, it was just like a big brawl at one point, wasn't it? it was just, <laughs> that's all it was. And as much as kind of, like I do miss those days when it was like the social experiment, when it was, yeah. you know, all different walks of life. And it wasn't yeah. just, I mean, it kind of got to a stage where I felt like they were, they knew who they were picking to go into that house. Oh, you're, you're so right, Taylor. It was like they would choose people who already had a tiny bit of fame mm-hmm. from kind of like the clubbing world or something. Yeah. So people who almost had been oh, been been papped maybe once or twice. So, you know, they, they would choose those kind of people who were desperate for more column inches. And uh, it wasn't really a good mix. <laughs> <laughs> would you, if, if you're too fair, okay then. So... It, if you were to do a reality TV show, any one of them, which one would you do? As a contestant or a psychologist? Yeah. No, as a contestant. Take away the job role for a minute. Which one would you do? Which one? Like book The Apprentice. List? The Apprentice. Oh, yes. Because I, 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 I've, got a lot of, I've got a lot of ideas for business. <laughs> so I just never have time to like play them out. So I'd be going, do you like my idea on The Apprentice? And show them how I could uh, work with them and stuff. Yo, I, I love The Apprentice, but it really annoys me because some of these people like are very, like, very intelligent, very, you know, savvy people. And then when it comes to some of those tasks, you're like, what are you thinking? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> going through your head. <laughs> I don't know if it's just like the early starts and stuff like that. I don't know. You know, until you're in that situation, I can't judge, but I will. <laughs> um. There's one final thing that I want to talk to you about, and I, I've got to talk to you about it, is, is the art. I can just tell, like, you're such a creative, <laughs> like, person. Like, how did that kind of love come around? Well, I always loved art as a child. My parents were amazing. They would, you know, if I wanted paints, they would make sure that I had paints and pottery. And my mother used to do pottery, and she actually had, a, you know, a potter's wheel and a kiln. Yeah. And so she would make her own pottery. So there was always kind of an arty vibe in the house like that. And um, when I, um, I was at uni doing psychology, my BSc in, in psychology, in the middle of my, you know, the three years you do here, yeah. um, I accidentally fell pregnant and um, decided to have what turned out to be my, my you know, my first child. And um, I was the only unmarried mother. <laughs> in the, this is, you know, we're talking early 80s, young student, unmarried. That was very rare. Yeah. Very rare. And I did a lot of arts and crafts with my children, who I had very young. 
And I loved that, but I never did my own art because there I was a young mum, unmarried at the time. You know, I didn't marry uh, their father until a bit later. Then I divorced him. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, I was, I was expect, I, not that I was expecting it, but like I thought there was something coming then. <laughs> I didn't want to say anything. <laughs> no, I always encourage them to do arts and crafts. And then finally, just randomly, a year and a half ago, I went, what am I doing? I've got all these, whenever I talk to clients, I get all these like colors and, and, and images that come to my head. And I just thought I'm gonna start painting again. And I did, and I literally threw myself into it. I mean, I have like wow. weekends where the whole weekend is painting, you know? And I had my first exhibition um, a year ago, just before lockdown. And That's of course, amazing. then the exhibition got locked down. Um, so it was only open for a few days until suddenly it was all locked down. <laughs> but it was just, uh, it's just been incredible. And people have been really uh, very kind about my slightly crazy art, <laughs> which is often just a lot of colors and sort of weird shapes. <laughs> no, I, I love it. I'm a huge fan. I was, I was going through your, um, your website recently and I kind of just got lost and I don't know whether it's just that kind of like with the whole podcast thing like it's really kind of like awoken this real creative side of me that yeah. wasn't like I'm really appreciating it like even like I'm obviously seeing it now like behind you all I can see is just this, this color <laughs> <laughs> well I'm terrible with my website when I sell things I need to like delete some of the things that I've sold and stuff <laughs> I'm, I'm terrible about updating I run out of time I actually tweeted something the other day that I'd actually sold I was like, oh no, I've just tweeted something that I've sold. I can't do that <laughs> because I had it for sale, you know. Yeah, in, in demand, you know. <laughs> but no, I'm, ter I'm, I'm terrible with um, details like that, like websites, keeping them updated. I just stick my radio show on and I stick my, um, like my dating column on, which I yeah. love doing my date coaching. I just stick those on every week, but but otherwise, I'm really bad about keeping everything updated. I'd rather be painting, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of work. I completely underestimated how much work actually goes into all of this kind of well, yeah. show, if you like. Yeah. It's, it's constant. Like Before, obviously, it became the full-time job. It was like having two full-time jobs. And it was trying to balance like, <laughs> like a boring IT job <laughs> with, <laughs> you know, being so like creative. And it was... And now it's yeah I'm in a little bit of a having a little bit of a wobble shall I say because now I need to find a new hobby I just that doesn't involve me spending lots of money on Lego. Art. but I think this is where I'm going to kind of like lean towards because I'm starting to get like really like I'm starting to see things very differently yeah. I don't know how that kind of sounds but you know I'm starting to like appreciate like colors and so I don't know if I'm just I'm getting to that age where like I want to redecorate everything <laughs> I'm like well that piece of artwork would look great on that wall that would look better and it's just like because my, my sister is my sister's an incredible artist like oh really oh, yeah wow. so you know it's a kind of I don't know how good I am because I haven't actually tried it I mean I might be absolutely dreadful pop there's a strong chance that's actually the case um yeah but you can have yeah, fun you don't know. and no exactly. no one is dreadful at art there's no judge I I, I just feel that very strongly you cannot judge art you can judge what you like but you yeah. cannot say that's dreadful because someone else is going to love it and yeah you know you should just go for it <laughs> <laughs> i'm taking that Solid I advice. 
Now, see, because see, I'm a Twitter person, you're an Instagram person. Of course, we did meet on Instagram, but I'm really bad at Instagram. But I'm going to look out on Instagram yeah. for future art posts from you. <laughs> like a paint by numbers. <laughs> yeah. I think I'll start there and see what happens. Oh, Dr. Pam, it has been an absolute pleasure, like, having you on the show. Like, even, like, our chats before you know, like in the DMs and stuff like that. I've, I've genuinely, yeah, I've, I've genuinely really loved it. So well, thank I really, you for joining me for a waffle. Well, thank you. I've enjoyed waffling with you. It's been my pleasure. I really, really appreciate it. You've been listening to the Waffle Shop podcast with me, Taylor James. Huge thank you to my very special guest today, the incredible Dr. Pam. So much incredible advice was given in today's episode, so I really hope it helps. As always, if you like what you heard, don't forget to hit subscribe and I'll see you next week. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. You've been listening to the Waffle Shop Podcast with me, Taylor James. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and even leave a review. It means the world to me. See you soon.